This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. Do you think they're going to know that he's uh, retarded? You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Dreamcatcher. Ladies and gentlemen, I done it! Welcome to the Movie Microscope. I am Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host. And together with Mr. Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you? I'm alright, actually. Good. We are here to talk about Stephen King's finest moment on the screen. Dreamcatcher. Now, if you don't know what the Movie Microscope is, why would you? But if you if you wanted to know, it's a, it's a program in which we dig deeper, we investigate the nooks, the crannies, and uh, we just you know, kind of we get subcutaneous. I mean, wouldn't you say that that's sort of what we do? Oh yeah, that's perfect perfect description. You know, we take a movie, we kind of get up in there, yeah, and uh, find those little moments that make a break. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about Simpatico, we would talk about the sequence in which um, Sam uh, Sam Shepard's protagonist finds himself on the wrong side of <laughs> of a red box. <laughs> the video, yeah, Spencer the video kiosk, yeah, yeah, um, pretty badass. What's what's Simpatico? It's a movie. But based on a play, but he wrote. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that what? means that means sympathy. No, it means it's co- copacetic, copacetic, simpatico, yeah. like, uh, yeah. like one, one united, simpatico. Yeah, in conjunction and sympathy. <laughs> Dreamcatcher, two thousand. That's also what um, Venom is. He's a simp. He's a simpatico from out from out space. What do they? How do they call? What do they say? They said it wrong in the film. Remember? It doesn't matter. Symbiote or something. Doesn't matter. People were upset. Doesn't. Then they so, then they weren't upset because they loved Venom. Venom was a huge hit. I like Venom. Mm-hmm. Venom is is an alien from outer space that changes shape. So is the villain in this show. Oh yeah. Dreamcatcher. Does it's about uh, an intergalactic threat. Uh, that comes to fucking collect rent. Oh, we'll, we'll read the plot. <laughs> Dreamcatcher 2003. Did you know this? I do. Directed by? Uh, Cornelius uh, 
Lawrence Kazdan. Directed by Larry Kazan. You think he, does he go by Lawrence or Larry? <laughs> to his friends, it's Larry. Okay. To people he wants to feel tough about. Yeah, it does say know. it does say Lawrence Kasdan, but I mean Larry, right? So the plot of this movie. Um, oh, I can read a goof first. No, I'm just kidding. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the I thought you would have this ready. I'm sorry. Friends on a camping trip discovered that the town they're vacationing in, in a vacationing in is plagued in an unusual fashion by a parasitic by parasitic aliens from outer space. <laughs> That's uh, submitted to IMDb by Monkey Kingma. See? Yeah. yeah. You get that's garbage in, garbage out. Right that was there. the shortest one. That was the shortest one. Um, if you guys would like, I mean, IMDb as a feature, you can actually add your own plot. It's garbage in and garbage out. Yeah. Uh, when did you first experience Dreamcatcher? When did I see it? I saw it in the theater. I saw it at the Chud screening. Yeah. What's Chud? Your old website. No. Oh. Fuck that. When did you first experience Dreamcatcher? And I know it's before the movie came out. That's right. A little simpatico. I uh, I was a, uh, a luxurious trip into the deep colds of Canada. Back in 2003, you were just 30. It's probably 2002 when I was just 2002? 30. 2002, yeah, you were. Young and fresh as puss. Going in there. Where did, now where Flying they, crazy, weird, fucking scaries. And they flew you into Alberta? Flew into, uh, flew into some fucking city, and then we took a smaller plane to Regina. You know what I mean? And then we uh, took an even smaller ride into Prince George. There you go. Or maybe we took it into Prince George and then went to Regina. Regina King. And then uh, we were treated like fucking shit. <laughs> By? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> treated like shit. <laughs> treated like shit by Morgan Freeman. That's what my autobiography is going to be. So what was the the whole cast with it is there? And I guess this is a good time to run down the cast. I had a good chance. I I spoke with Mr. Lawrence Kasdan. Okay. I spoke with Mr. Thomas Jane. Yes. Mr. William Oliphant. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Lee. Correct. And Jason Lee. I'm. Thank you. Thanks for playing. Damian Lewis. Tom's size more than most. And I think that's about it. No, that's not about it. I, I did not speak with. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg. You didn't? Uh-uh. Did you speak with Duddits? <laughs> I did not. Because I think he became Duddits. Oh, he, he he's, an, he's a method actor. Yeah. He started working on his Duddits role at birth. Did you um, speak to uh, um, Larry, uh, the said, screenwriter, William Goldman? No. He helped write. Um, um, he, yeah, that's why it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oscar uh, winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you're there. You're freezing your sweet pussy off, yeah. And they said, "Would you like to talk to Morgan Freeman?" You probably pinched yourself. You couldn't wait to meet that legend. Uh, well, that was one of the that was one of the exciting things about the trip. I knew that at the end of this hard journey, I would have the ability to be in the presence of Morgan Freeman. And then what happened? He fucking hated us. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with us. Did he not understand internet? He did not. Um. So what did they introduce you to these fine young men and women from the internet? And then he just first of all clammed men, up. First of all, men. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, I mean they had, we hadn't broken the we haven't broken the chromosome barrier in uh, internet reporting at that time. I don't think. Okay. Um, and then 
Although there were some great ones back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any of them. But, um, yeah, so we were excited. And, uh, of course, when, once he found out that he was speaking to internet personalities and journalists. He he became a complete dick. He was a shit shit. But what does that mean? Does he Was he outwardly mean or just he, uh him? He sighed and said, oh, the internet. Okay. And then he proceeded to take every question that was asked of him and turn it around on the other person. For example, if you were to say to Morgan Freeman, what's it like being up here working in the cold with all these these young actors? He'd be like, I don't know. What's it like for you to be up in the cold with all these fine young actors? He'd say that like that? Shit like that. And so then he, then the next person would go and he'd say And then it came up. to me, I said, Morgan, huge fan of your work. What's it like being a cunt? You old motherfucker. Your eyebrows are fucking ridiculous. You should have turned it around on him. If he's going to ask you questions back... What's it like being a like incredible human being? And then he would have to say that back to you, and then you would have gone, gotcha! <laughs> or say, like, what's it like to be marginalized for your hard work? Oh, maybe you should ask me that question. <laughs> Morgan, what's it like traveling a ridiculous amount of time to speak to a dick? A dick-faced you. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like... Being in 2002, traveling to the set of a movie that is going to be a huge piece of shit. Morgan said, watch the film. You'll see why. And I, I sent him an apology letter when I, and a year later. I said, I'm, I apologize, Mr. Freeman. I didn't realize what you were going through. He is, uh, I have to say, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. He is... Um, not the worst thing about this film, but he's certainly not he's the best. He's close. Thing. He's, he's close pretty, to the he's, worst. He's pretty bad. His character is ridiculous. Who is the... What's the worst? Oh, what's the worst? Well, Donnie Wahlberg is pretty bad. <laughs> as I dud it. As dud it. Um, I think Jason Lee is pretty spectacularly bad in this. And his and it's not his fault. His dialogue is unsayable. I think what happens in this is you get a book like Dreamcatcher. You know, Stephen King wrote it. I think... Um, Stephen King has a way of writing that when you read it in a book, it makes sense. Like the like there's like these um, these um, catchphrases or like common you know these the friendship. What do they call that? Like that you kind of this the shorthand you develop with friends. And Stephen King is really good at like bringing that to life in a book. Yeah, but they just don't do that. They just take it almost verbatim from the book, and they don't do anything with it. It just sits there. And yeah. they, the characters just have to say it. And, and they and Jason Lee in particular has to say stuff like, like "fuck me, Freddy." Like it's like he makes up his own fuck like, around, fuckaroo. Yeah, and he makes up his own like curse words. And it's I guess it's probably based in the book. They probably spent a lot of time with them as kids, and then they were inventing this kind of this slang when they were kids, and that carried through to their adulthood. In this, you barely get to see the kids, and you just kind of barely get to see them functioning as friends. So it doesn't really work, I don't think. It sounds awful. Um, can you remember some specific example of examples of, uh, like, there's a, I'm looking at my notes that I took. About his bad dialogue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. There's... Okay, so there's there's at one point there's his Jason Lee's character his nickname is Beaver, right? Beave, yeah. Beave. And so 
they there's a you know they're they're all staying in this cabin the four friends after one of their friends like a year after he had been in a horrific car accident just like Stephen King had been in a bad car accident um and they're there to kind of regroup at this cabin and bond and um they see these fleeing animals you know like these animals running away from something and it's, it's startling and beaver says something like i wrote down crimin nettles he says that like like that's his like crimin nettles what's it's just that kind of stuff is so bad. Like it doesn't make any sense to yeah. put that in the movie. Yep. Or you like that one? Or no? He says maybe it's it's Criminetlies. Does that ring a bell? No. It sounds stupid. Um. He also Jason Lee also has this minor thing, a character trait that he's fixated on having a toothpick That's in his dumb. mouth. And so there's a point. There's a part where the alien invasion starts to happen they don't realize it yet morgan freeman is uh in a helicopter above their cabin and jason lee is screaming at him to like you know yelling at him but he still has a toothpick in his mouth yeah like take the toothpick out of your mouth when you're yelling at a helicopter so let's go let's go a little bit back i don't want to the story is about <laughs> didn't we tell you a plot you read that ridiculous plot summary all right you go for it you tell well, them i'm just saying plot. so i mean like many of stephen king's works it's mm-hmm. about friends that have spent their whole lives together right who have bonded over something in this case it's 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 a combination of a few of his stories it seems like but these gentlemen have developed powers and we don't know exactly how but they share this so when we first meet each character they're doing yeah special things with their brains yeah exactly yeah there's a uh, timothy oliphant for example is a car salesman and he helps a woman find her keys uh, that she lost her keys and he uses his psychic abilities to track down her Yeah, keys. Ingrid Cavallar is looking hot. Oh, she's done that. Yeah, he wants to get a date. Um, Officer, what does he offer her? I don't know. Clam dinner. Does he? The officer, nice. Not, 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 not the kind of clam dinner I'm talking about. But I, so then Thomas, I live in Maine, so clam dinner is, you know, a rite of passage. Thomas Jane is a therapist, I think. And yep. he, he... Henry. Henry and he... Uh, zoom in? So here, here's how, how he's introduced is he's a, has a patient. This is the weirdest thing. The patient's obese. Remember, he's like a, a huge fat guy. Yeah. And then he storms out and he breaks. Remember, he gets upset. And he breaks the, the couch the couch because he's so fat and storms away. I was like, is that like some roundabout weird fat joke? Like he breaks the therapist couch because he's so big? Yeah. I guess that's probably from the book. It probably happened in the book more eloquently than And he that. goes, ain't it cool? And then um, Damian Lewis is like a, I guess he's like a lawyer or fan, finance guy. I can't remember. He's what a he teacher, does. professor. Oh, professor. Is he? Then who's the other? Then, Catches a kid st- cheating. On then, his, then who am I thinking of? Then the the fourth person uh, is um, well, Ben Kingsley. No, <laughs> Tim Oliphant's a car salesman. Right, teacher. Oh, what's Jason Lee then? He's what is he? They don't talk about his profession. Mm-mm. Okay, he's just a Drunk. so. But they all at the beginning of the movie or in the flashback, they they stick up for a bullied kid. I guess that's over the course of several sequences, right? But he, they stick up for this kid who is a little different, and his They're, name is Duditz or his yeah. nickname is Duditz. But his they don't ever tell you his real name. I don't they do. Think. They, they say do it a bunch of times. Yeah, Douglas uh-huh. Clavell. Do they really? Yeah. Are you sure you're not remembering from the book? Did I'm I not? Positive. I'm, I'm so um, zoom out. And each of the guys has a different nickname for it. They all call him Duddits, but they each have 
they all, all have different nicknames for him, like D-Man or Douglas or Douglas Cavell. So you, each of them says, like, in a different period in the movie, they use a different version of the Whatever. nickname. And uh, when you, it's cool because when you first meet this character, they're trying to make him devour dog shit. That's how we meet Douglas Cavell. Not Cavell. the friends. No, the bullies. The bullies that's that's yeah. an amazing scene. Because <laughs> the, the young Tim Oliphant apparently could run really fast. So they basically say, we're going to tell on you, and and then... They're like whatever, and they go. We have Tim Oliphant, and they're like, oh shit, he can run so fast. Right. So they say, oh, we'll leave. They back off. They yeah. back off because they have a fast kid. Uh-huh. What about this the the scene at the beginning where Tom Jane in his office tries to commit suicide? Stupid as fuck, <laughs> and he kills his diploma. Yes, he's suicidal, uh, and that was before they he made the Punisher. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Was it? Yeah. Um, Mutant Chronicles, um, future podcast. Uh, what's this? What's now? You you read the book, so what's this? SSDD, same, same shit, shit, different day. day. That figures into the the book a lot. Probably. They say that a lot, just like no bounce, no play. Yeah, it's just one of their dumb sayings. And so that comes up very infrequently in the. And they just, I think it, they tra- they don't know whether to treat it as an Easter egg for people that have read the book, or to try to shoehorn it into the film uncomfortably. Yeah, neither works. No, it doesn't. This yeah. movie, right off the bat, like you, when you start watching it, it's like there's something there's something weird Fucking about it. Fucking love it. The, first of all, a strange thing for a King adaptation is the scenes with the kids are are not good. Like they, if they feel awkward, they're not good. They're 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 awkward, and uh, they didn't cast it right. Although they have the kid looks just like Finn Wolfhard playing. They the, look. They the, look nice. Like the they have they like look the, nice. They have no the um the the way the scene is shot. It looks like very old. Like it looks like Stand by Me a little bit. They were yeah. going for that look, but the content is is lacking. I think the big X factor here is Duddits. <laughs> you introduce Duddits into any situation and it jackknifes. Duddits is a fucking nightmare. It's a hard. Like he shows up. They got a kid who playing him who. He's trying his hardest. The kid, the kid performance of Duddits is somewhat subtle. Like it's like he, there's something off about him, but he's he is, um, you know, he, you he's he, he has like there's a subtlety. There's an innocence and a sweetness. And to a him. sweetness performance, and then when it gets to grown up Wahlberg, it is not subtle. It yeah. is full on, just bad acting, and a big coat and a big hat. Like he is putting all this like. He looks a lot like he did in Sixth Sense. I he think does. they said he does. Man, Wahlberg's back, so let's get him. We'll get him to do his Sixth Sense thing, but mind we'll, if I zoom in? We'll let him be a little bit more like the real Donnie Wahlberg. Mind if I zoom yeah. in? Damian Lewis, Mark Wahlberg were together in a piece of art, a, a piece of filmmaking before this. Uh huh. What is it? Band of Brothers. Hell yeah, bro. Which Wahlberg was good in. He's amazing. And Damian Lewis was certainly good in that. But both of them not good here. But if you're going to have to compare them, I'd say that Wahlberg comes off a lot worse. He's a tougher character. As an actor, Donnie Wahlberg is a good restaurateur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think of that car, the the walking into traffic? Fantastic. Yeah. He makes it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's Damian Lewis's character walking in. He see he sees, uh, he thinks he sees Duddits as a kid. Yeah, grown up Damian Lewis walks into traffic, gets 
Speaking of jackknifed. Yeah. And the guy the guy tries to help him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And then... Well, it looks like he's dead. Like, yeah. he looks like... And then there's twisted. an ambulance sequence where Duddit says something that you can't tell what the fuck he's saying until later in the movie they repeat it. It's yeah, like, it doesn't matter. I have Mr. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? So, so anyway, the next one of the next scenes is it's like six months later and Damian Lewis is fine. Oh, he's, he gets, he's limping. He's limping a little bit, but he got... Dist- it looked like he got killed by the car, and yeah. then six months later, they're walking into a cabin. And you're like, and he's, whoa, what the fuck? He's dragging yeah. foot a little bit. Well, yeah. he looks fine. And the guys don't let him carry lumber. Yeah. Pretty badass. So we meet our our, our, our group of dudes. The grown, yeah, the all together. So we get finally. seen together, and and when I mm. when I was uh, on set, this was the thing that most excited me because. Uh, they seem like such a good group group of guys. Right. I couldn't tell if they had chemistry because I spoke to them individually. Um, but it was the the I wanted this movie to be a little bit more leaning heavily on that the camaraderie of those four friends before shit hits the fan. Right. And it seems like in the book there was a little bit more of that before. I'm sure there the is, plot yeah. kicked in, yeah. and of course it's film, but it just it seems it seems haphazardly adapted. Like it, they just took chunks of the book and put it into a movie. Um, yeah, I'm sure they worked harder than that, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, um, maybe it makes it makes you think if Lawrence Kasdan maybe had lost a step. Maybe. Yeah. Well, the last one of the last things he directed. Yeah. Second to last thing. Um. So anyway, you got um Jason Lee, uh, with his dumb. He's the one that ha- he comes up with all the weird slang. Um. He's supposed to be the, the comedian of the group. You got uh. Uh, Damian Lewis, they talk about his memory warehouse. Yeah, like he something that he how he memorizes stuff. Well, I mean, they we we discovered that they've all been given these abilities, right? Right, and that's uh, yeah. so Thomas well, Jane's ability. Right, is he can uh, he can read he reads. Well, they're through. all they're all psychically linked, but right, but Oliphant's good at fingering locations and shit. He w- waves the dumb hand around. Yeah, it doesn't make that and it sense. creates you know it creates a fucking GPS to. Duddits and shit. Okay. And then uh, Memory Warehouse is Damian Lewis's thing. He's able to con- hide his shit, compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jason Lee's ability is to come up with awful t- slang. <laughs> is, does he have an ability? I don't remember if he does anything good. He, he, I guess he, they all are, like I said, like they can all like hear each other's thoughts, I yeah. think. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so then... Um, <laughs> Things start to go bad. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, the secret power that Jason Lee has? Now I remember. Huh? He sings "Blue Bayou." Does he sing? He has the Linda Ronstadt song. He sings it for Duddits to calm him. Oh, I don't. Yeah. How's that work out? Um, I did write down that there's some cool overhead driving shots. Shining esque. I, I did like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. He. Uh, Jason Lee flicks off Morgan Freeman's helicopter at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, when we meet Mr. Rick uh, McCarthy is when the shit really starts to go happening. The the, the hunter in the woods who's right has an issue. You remember all these names. You didn't really take notes. I have a little bit. I don't remember. Um, so, yeah, they meet the hunter, and he That's is... That's when the movie gets great. Like, he's farting and shitting. Never farting get, and burping and... It never gets great. But you like it, sort of, still? 
there's elements I like. Yeah. But he's shitting and farting and burping and Jason Jason Lee has a cute little number. He's making fun of his farts. Yeah. Um wonder if that's how they say hello here. What if this they say hello around here? That's what Oliphant says when the woman farts. Yeah. Which is kind of great. Because they both, they both meet these people that are... Like, farting and like shitting and fucking. Yeah, they've had, they're sick. And so when Jason Lee and Damien... Is it Jason Lee and Damien Lewis that are paired up? Yeah. Ja- yeah. Um, they bring this guy back to their cabin who's sick, and they put him to, to bed because they're... Because he's just really sick, like he's it's doing really sick, long burps, huge farts, knocks a fucking yeah, put him right to his your, asshole put him, loose. Put him right in your bed when that happens. Right? Yeah, brown wall, brown wall. It's been a while. Um, and so at one point, there's a, there's a trail of blood going into the bathroom, like a trail of blood, and they're like, Damian Lewis and Jason Lee are like, oh no. He must be really sick. Yep. <laughs> and he's on. They open the door and he's on a toilet. Right. His Isn't face it? is all red and shitty. And that's when we meet one of the stars of the film, the shit weasel. The shit weasel. Something comes. They, they haul, it hollows him out. Comes out his ass. I guess it's in a way. It's like a like a weird alien tribute. Yeah, yeah. Assley in. Mm-hmm. And I had a note here when they went in to, and they saw him. I wrote, how did the bathroom do? How'd it look? I love when Jason Lee's like, I don't, I can't see this. I can't see this. You like that part? Yeah. Um, I actually love that whole sequence, although I hate this thing with the toothpicks. Well, it's yeah. stupid. So he, he's a dick. So he, what happens is they know that the guy's dead. He dropped some kind of creature into the toilet. Jason Lee slams the toilet down and sits on it. And Damian Lewis... They have to figure out a way to, to secure the toilet so the creature won't come out. And Damien Lewis flees the, to the work shed to find mm-hmm. something. Exactly. And Jason Lee is um, on a toilet that has something very powerful in it. Yeah. And it keeps it keeps uh, ramming the toilet lid, and Jason Lee keeps almost falling off the toilet. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like a big tent sequence where he's almost getting killed. You mind if I zoom in? Yeah. It's not. So oh, it's got that. I love that scene. So then, anyway, he he's trying to calm himself because of this happening by putting a toothpick in his in his between his lips between his teeth. Okay, drops too them. Too, has too a, much detail. Drops them, and then he decides to lean over to get one. And there's only one that's not in the blood. One that's not in the blood. And uh, when he does that, and it takes a while, but the creature then pops up, knocks him off the toilet lid, and then ends him. Bites his neck and but th- not face. before. There's a scene where he says, "I," J- when Damian Lewis is in the short, she goes, "Jonesy, I miss you." <laughs> so cute, so cute. Uh, Damian Lewis takes a lot of time in the in the work shed. Well, he's looking for he's looking for some tape, Dad. Looking for some tape. But I thought if, I here's a note that I had. I said um, after his death, I said Jason Lee supplants Janet Lee. Taking over the most iconic bathroom death mantle. Do you it. think death oh, scene yeah. in films? Do you agree? No. The baton, the baton has passed. <laughs> do you, do you agree? No. Um, I I like that scene. The shit weasel is kind of great. Even in the book, I, I was it's like one of the things I was excited about seeing how they realized it on screen. I think they did a pretty decent job. Yeah, the shit weasel is a pretty pretty great creature. And it's creepy when um they're talking to Rick, 
in the bathroom who is obviously dead and he's still talking with them and there's all the blood everywhere and then they go in there and he's this disgusting red dead thing it's kind of a creepy little thing there Mm -hmm. and that whole sequence is sad and and crazy and it's intercut with the stuff that's going on with Thomas Jane and Tim Oliphant right because they are running into their own farting thing uh huh uh, fucking hold over Indian lady or hold over, over lady on the road there mm-hmm. who's a farting and shitting machine and um, and uh, Damian Lewis has some good emotional acting there where his, he's lost his friend Jason Lee got his fingers bit off he did then he got murdered <laughs> he did and then the shit wheels was trying to break through the door and just about succeeding and Damian breaks the door handle off right and the door opens up and he's about to get massacred but then he gets a new visitor. Like a big old, tall, weird-looking alien. And I love the fact that at 51 minutes into the film, they reveal Mr. Gray. They and, do. And then the shit weasel is in love with him. Yeah, the shit weasel crawls around his torso and like yeah. his shoulder. He's very long. Big reveal, and then Damien Lewis uh, gets to have some more fun as an actor. Well, so J- yeah, Damien Lewis looks like he's going insane, insane when he sees this creature. He does. He looks like he can't process it. And then it explodes on him. <laughs> Amazing! It red mists into him. Amazing sequence. Um, that I, I that movie gets some, a lot of goodwill for me for that. There's some cool alien stuff in this. I will say that about it. I do. I do like some of the gross out alien stuff. I do like later when they're attacking the big group of aliens. There's like a, a lot of skedaddling aliens. <laughs> I think that's very cute. They're running for their lives away from explosions. I think the alien mothership they have is like really coolly designed. Like they spent a lot of time on thinking of that stuff, and it's really not in the movie too much. You're right. Um, the skedaddling aliens, I like that. I like that, yeah, too a lot. But didn't didn't they say? Isn't there something in this movie about the aliens take that shape, like they take that gray, like the cliched alien shape, because it's kind of how humans expect aliens to look. Yeah, and I think it I think it uh, makes them less scary when yeah. you see them in their shit weasel form, and they're terrifying. Yeah, and they and they skedaddle. Except. Forever. When the shit wheels, those are babies. They are fucking cute. Very They're the nice. cutest things in the film. Yeah, well, to you. Do you not think those little baby, tiny little shit weasel are, aren't cute? There's one at the end in particular that I think is the cutest thing about the movie. Uh, I think Duddits is the cutest thing about no, the movie. he's not. Um, I'm going to zoom in. There's a scene we, when when, uh, when Morgan Freeman and Tom Sizemore are in their ready room, in their war room, having a conversation. They have all these spots on the map pinpointed. Yes. Zoom in. One of the spots on the map this is called Somerset. What was Morgan Freeman's name in Seven? Oh, you nailed that. Nailed did it. You, did you nail that? Did you piece that together yourself? Piece it together myself. Did not have to look at IMDb because I don't think it's on there. Killed it. And then um, it just so happens there's also a place called Scrap Iron Dupuy Miller. There isn't, but that's another that's another uh, name. Is there is there a spot on the map that says, that says I hate internet kit people, <laughs> no. internet writers? Um, in that war room, do you remember when they're explaining? He's explaining to Sizemore the alien threat, sort of. And he says to he goes, he's talking about that. We just saw he does the drop an alien reference. We yeah, that's what I'm saying. We just saw the red mist right there. There and that took it possessed Damien. It possesses Damien Lewis. We don't know that yet, but it gets in. It gets in him. Yeah. I think we do kind of know it because I think he, when it when it gets in him, he looks like all of a sudden he looks different. Okay. Um, he says. Mark Freeman says the men call the red stuff Ripley, after the broad from the Alien movies. Yeah. What a fucking poorly 
Just such a badly written line. Poorly written line. Or amazing. The men call the red stuff Ripley after the broad from the alien movie. God, after like, the broad from like the alien It's like being movies. in the room with Morgan Freeman right now. But it, I, I'm saying it's like it's it's I mean maybe that's from the book, but it is a it's just a it's just a shitty it's just a shitty line. Um delivered by a shitty actor. Freeman is dog fuck. And and Colin Sizemore Bucko Sizemore does not know what the fuck to do with himself. Because he is trying to be a serious actor in this and not be Tom Sizemore and go nuts. Yeah. And he's kind of tasked with being a sort of lucid, smart, yeah. you know, useful human being. And, and then he realizes I'm fucking Tom Sizemore. That shit doesn't fly. Well, he's he's paired with Freeman, who is, if you compare him to the other actors and the good guys, he he has slang too. He's like kind of like Jason Lee's character. He always says buckaroo. Yep. He always has to say something cute when he like when he's talking to his men, when he's talking to define cute because it's fucking nightmare. <laughs> you know, he's got to say something like quippy, yeah. and it's stupid. It's just like they're trying to make it, it's pr- like I said, it's probably from the books. It probably makes sense in the books. It out of Morgan Freeman's mouth, it's dumb. It's dumb as fuck. Yeah. I, there is a it's a great scene where he reprimands a soldier. Fucking well, makes know. all the sense. You think he's gonna kill him? That makes it makes no none of it makes any sense. Of course not. And then there's the scene when the my favorite Sizemore scene in close to that the war room scene. He says he tells he tells he tells Sizemore what's happening. He's like, you know, this is the alien aliens are coming here to take us. So he has this whole thing about what they're doing, and he says, "Do you like that theory, Buckaroo?" To Sizemore, and Sizemore says, "I think <laughs> I think it's crap." <laughs> I'm not saying that the theory's crap. He's saying what the aliens are doing is crap. <laughs> I think it's crap. And fair enough, you know? Understatement. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> this movie is not great. You know what? Uh, you gotta zoom in, though. Yeah. How about the scene where, where Tim Oliphant. Tim Oliphant's death sequence. It involves him pissing the name Duddits into the snow. It involves him pissing on the shit weasel. On it. It involves the shit weasel meeting cute using the dead woman's body. It involves him calling Duddits the most perfect person he's ever known. <laughs> well, he has a whole monologue about it. Yes. First of all, his, his de- that's not his death scene. That's well, his, that's just leading he's, up to his death scene because... His, he he overcomes the shit weasel. He pulls an ash in this. He he, yeah. he like he gets he attacks himself for a while. Shit weasel versus elephant advantage. Elephant. Elephant wins. Yeah, like he gets really hurt, but he kills the yeah, shit he burnt, weasel. He, his dick takes a serious left turn. Yeah, well, he, he gets bit in the crotch, but he but he he escapes it somehow. But but his his days are numbered. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, that Damian. scene is insane. And he pisses the word Duddits. We see the word Duddits in cursive in piss in this movie. Should have been the poster. He does call him the most perfect person he's ever met. Did I write any of that down? He does say, um, he does say something about Pete-sicle. Yeah. Like a Pete-sicle. Was that his name Pete in there? Yeah. Yeah. He Pete in the snow too. (laughs) Um, He's talking, and that woman's farting a lot when he's talking to her the first time. I do. He does say something cute in this that I wrote down. When the woman, what'd you say? 
What was the last thing? Because she is farting. Yeah. He asked, he said, catch a little shut-eye, save a little energy for those horrendous farts. Yep, I wrote that down too. <laughs> I wrote that down as well. <laughs> he has a, it's like a, this, this there's like a five-minute monologue where he is recapping their childhood, talking about Duddits. Like Nick said, it's insane. He's peeing Duddits' his name in the, in the snow. <laughs> Why? He pees. He spells Duddits out. Why? Why would he do it? And then he says he's a most perfect person. Is it a tribute? When he pees someone's name in the snow, that does not, does not connote respect. Well, there's that famous Lawrence Welk song, Piss a Perfect Person in the Snow. Piss that perfect person in the snow. Oh, and he says is. something like, I should be singing his praises, not questioning what galaxy he's from. He says it to himself. What? About Duddits. Yeah. Oh, he, he yeah, theorized that he might be an alien. That's when I, 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 I try to find the worst moment of the films for that, for these films for these actors. And I think that has to be a pretty, that might be Wellifant's worst. Was he, when he talks to himself at great lengths. Do you know how bad a movie has to be for you pissing a retard's name in the snow to not be the worst scene? Why do you, why do you say like that? Retard. Well, that's what they call him in the movie. That's what the, uh, the guys call him in the movie. The bullies? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I'm Apologize, <laughs> but uh, he is. That's another thing about the movie is Duddits is. Uh, it's okay, by the way. Mentally, like my co-host a retard, but he's he's a, a retarded individual, I guess. Although he's an alien, they say he's an alien. So, but they dress him up like he's like this cliche. Like they they put him in a huge coat, big shoes. He has like um, big hats. Can we do gear? Obi Obi Oh, I you. Me oh oh. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. He's like he's got a shrine to Scooby Doo, and then he's also like dying of leukemia. <laughs> it's like which is the best thing about him. So, um, uh, and he calls the the bad guy in this called Mister Gray. He calls he calls him Mister Gay. Mister Gay, which I guess is. A little Stephen King touch. I don't remember if it is. I think that may be a Lawrence Cassidy. I think touch. it's got to be Stephen King, but it's awful, Mister Gay. <laughs> they play it for laughs. Like it's so. This, this movie's so bad. And Lawrence Kasdan, like, and and William Goldman, like these are good writers. Mm. They were lost, bro. This is like his second big chill. They, I mean, wonder what it was like when they started seeing the dailies coming for this thing. Ooh. They had to hit that. They had to hit. The panic button. Well, they're isolated in Canada. Apparently, I mean, uh, uh, Damian Lewis was on Brian Kaufman's podcast and said that during the making of this film, he would stay there and the other young actors would go to L.A. every week or whenever they had downtime. Mm-hmm. So he was alone in Regina with uh, Kasdan and his thoughts. Yeah, so. I wonder if Wahlberg I, stayed with him. That would be he worse. Wasn't, he's only in a few scenes. Very few. Hmm. He was at home looking in the mirror going ooby ooby ooh are you me um help to do now one of my notes is the memory warehouse can go fuck itself I love it why do you, you hate lo- the memory warehouse I just think it's it doesn't make sense so he's it's in his mind so he he's possessed and then he he his self retreats in his mind right to his memory warehouse he fragments where, he, where he's protecting his himself 
and his thoughts of certain specific thoughts from the actual like creature that's also in his brain. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they never really do anything with that. Yeah, they do. He keeps he gets he retreats further and further. He's hiding stuff about Duddits, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's and I love some of the most awkward and fun stuff is when. Lewis is on the snowmobile. Yeah, no, it's great. and he's making that weird smile out of nowhere, and and oh, so ridiculous. He's got this really like cl- cliche, like British. Go high, ahead, like, zoom in. What no. I read it on IMDb trivia. He's doing a Malcolm McDowell impersonation. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't in, read that. So he he was doing this really uh, uh, seemed like cliche British like voice, like high class or something yeah. British voice, and then he. Then he'll have these really weird looks and overpronounce everything, and then they cut back to Lewis, who's talking to him like yeah. he's the actor. That works. That works actor. well. It's fun. It is kind of fun. It's yeah. embarrassing. Okay, I don't like it either. No, I didn't. Didn't mind that. Um, split. Split. Jonesy. And he's, then, of course, Thomas Jane is uh, trying to get to the cabin, and he's talking to himself, and you hear him talk to talk himself out of not because he hears Jonesy. And he, and he makes some stupid comment about him riding up on the snowmobile. He goes, "Wait, you're not Jonesy." You're not and then Jonesy. he dives. Yeah, says, so "There's a lot of actors. You know in the, there's a lot of moments where the actors are talking to themselves. Oh, they're yeah, they're they're vo- verbalizing what they're supposed to be thinking. Right. It's hard to do that with a movie. It it's is great in a book, but yeah, it is. And he says, "Yeah, he says, wait, you're not Jonesy.' And I think he is actually thinking that, but you hear it. Well, Jonesy's kind of speaking to him in his head, right, from the memory warehouse. Oh God. And then he hides. Gets the cabin, burns it down. Are we getting through this movie? Is this are we getting closer to the end? Not close enough. Uh, burn, I still enjoy it. Sees the weird, the weird alien things laying eggs on the bed, and he burns it all down. Oh god! Why are you just skimming through that sequence? Let's get it over with, bro. Uh, there's also a burning Dreamcatcher. You know what that means when that happens? Yeah. Flashback to the kids has to be right. Yeah. I don't know what what were you gonna say about all that stuff. Timothy Oliphant's death, he gets bitten in half. No, the best about Oliphant's death. Or swallowed whole. Uh, Pete tells him to eat his bag. And he says, I'll I'll, I'll eat your bag and all of it. And and the rest of you or something. And then he bites Pete in half. He He does bite him in half, right? But Pete tells him to eat his bag and then he says, I will eat your bag and the rest of you. Like he's fed up with him. Yeah. But it's just a weird thing for somebody to tell you to eat their bag, and then you say, "Yes, I'm going to eat your bag." And he, but it's also weird that you just call it your bag. No one calls it your my bag. <laughs> no one does, except Stephen King's book, I guess. Eat my bag. You know what bothered me is the young actor playing Tim Oliphant. Yeah, he looked a little weird. He but, looked a lot. He looked like it could be a young Tim Oliphant. I said that one of the kids or look, Pete Rose. I said one of the kids <laughs> looks like Tina Fey. That's that's the Finn Wolfhard looking kid. Yeah. yeah, that's Jason Lee as a child. Yeah. Um, and they and don't worry in the flashback sequence, they gave Duds the weirdest hair, just <laughs> just to let you know, the kid's acting wasn't enough. Where he's also going to screw up his. I hair. did it. <laughs> is that your favorite thing that he does in the movie? My favorite thing in the movie is coming up. Um. When they finally get to Dud, it's when they well a lot of stuff happens before that. Happens. Well, we get we get to see the, um, you know I I I, re, I don't want to bring up the subject of gun control. Okay, and, and, you know that's that's a very hot button topic, um, but this movie presents a very strong case for gun control when Thomas Jane takes a call on one. 
so in the movie there's this there's a whole minor plot about uh, um <clears throat> morgan freeman giving tom sizemore his second command a gun and it's a gun that john, that wayne. john wayne had given morgan freeman apparently this old gun it's ridiculous he says he has a big story about john wayne gave it to him <clears throat> and then john wayne's like all right here's how you treat the internet so then Sizemore has it, but the thing is the gun is bugged. It's got a bug in its handle. So it's like when when Sizemore starts to inevitably go against the crazy Morgan Freeman, his his plans are nuts. Um, Morgan Freeman anticipates this by bugging this gun, by bugging this antique gun. But don't worry. That's not the only use the movie has for it. Yep. Uh, like Nick said, he calls uh, – Tom Jane calls – Duddits? Who's he calling it? Somebody. And he uses the... He holds the gun up to his ears like a banana, like a phone, and he uses it as a... To call someone. I think someone. he's talking to Jonesy. Talking to Jonesy. Okay. Because he tells Tom Sizemore that he's, he's, he's speaking to his friend who died. Um, I said... I, I know I have a note about this. Um, um, he says, Where are you, Jonesy? Pick up the phone and call 1-800-HENRY. He says that. Yep, he sure does. And then he uses the gun as a phone. He holds and it. And I said, right, I said, dot, 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 poor Tom Jane. That's his That's his lowest moment? Well, it is, but he doesn't think so because I went to his IMDb profile page and there's a shot of him <laughs> uh, holding that gun up to no, his ears. Um, no, the, 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 the part of that movie where it defies reality is Tom Sizemore not turning that fucking car instantly around? It's like I've taken a huge leap of faith and threatened my politi- my career as a as a man of action and a military uh-huh. man, and you're talking to a, my phone. You're talking to my gun to a dead person about duddits. I'm gonna read you. We skipped over a part. So in this movie, there's a there's a kind of a epic sequence of of them attacking these aliens. <laughs> Nick really loves this scene. And you get to hear the aliens. They, you know, Morgan Freeman is in like a, I don't know, like a. a, a One of the most realistic uh, actor piloting a helicopter sequences I've ever seen. It's helicopters. There's also fighter jets involved. Of course. And they rocket these aliens. Before they do, the aliens are saying stuff to them in their minds. Like, what are they saying? They're like, you know, don't we're don't kill us. We're, we're fine. We're we're just we're not doing we're not hurting anybody. And, and then um, as soon as something happens, they turn into shit weasels and. Do the skedaddling? They skedaddle, but they say the then they're they're a human size like shit weasel. They look big, but um, and then they're huge. Um, you know, he Morgan Freeman says these mothers are, are as harmless as a fox in a hen house, and I'm here to kick some ass. Remember, that's his big like lead big into line. this battle. Yeah. And so then they they he starts shooting them. The aliens are skedaddling. Everything's blowing up. There's an alien ship that like turns into red mist that takes down some of the fighter jets. It's like really crazy. Yeah, it's bad. It goes bad for the good. The good guys, the military at least, it goes bad for them. Um, they do take some aliens out, but they lose, they lose some jets, they yeah. lose some fighters. And um, afterwards, Morgan Freeman, um, after the suit, it's a super fail. Like yeah. they don't they don't get anywhere. There's no headways made against aliens. Um, Freeman says, "You were excellent out there, oh." So he says to him, "You're great. You did a great job." Reminds me of the horror show when the guy. Says he does his best, but he's both his arms are ripped off. <laughs> I did my best. Yeah. Um, he says we've got to cauterize the site 
they've all got to die. It's the only way. So that's the big thing in this is that Morgan Freeman, he wants to, to not to, to, to kill every alien in sight. If that means killing innocent civilians, happy to do it. He's happy. He's thrilled. He wants to do it. Except for the dreams. And that's a bridge too far for Sizemore. Except for the dreams. Except for the dreams. Well, he can live with the dreams. And Sizemore, I had put this note down. He's not on board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how Freeman, he rips Americans as too coddled. Mm-hmm. And he says they never miss an episode of Friends. Yes, he does. That's his big criticism. Yep. Of, of American life. They're sheep. Got a point. Yeah. They don't. That was a huge show. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure it was still going in 2003, was it? I don't know. Zoom sure. in. It's ridiculous. Maybe it was. Freeman. <sighs> oh, the internet. Do you have a gun phone? It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that, that you don't like this movie. So Sizemore and um, Tom Jane Sizemore go Sizemore is so uncomfortable in this movie because he's trying to be good guy. a heroic thing and he sucks. <laughs> so he they go get so Duddits. Uncom- There's a scene where he, when they visit Duddits' house... There's a scene where Sizemore's blurry in the background. He smiles warmly at Duddits when they make eye contact. And it's the most human thing he's ever done, and he's out of focus. It's like they didn't even they didn't even bother taking a close-up of Sizemore for that scene. They're like, we, you do not have what it takes to nail this human emotion. So um, I had, in my notes I had put next to all the actors where I think maybe their worst moment is. Like the, this, the part that might be the most embarrassing, you know, I had – when Tom Jane obviously holds the gun up and Jason Lee is, you know, I don't know any of his stuff. Fuckaroo, fuckaroo, whatever. Yeah. But uh, as soon as Wahlberg comes on, that's the moment. Like as soon as they show him the first time as a grown a grown man, Duddits. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing like 18 different colors. Yeah. He's ready to go. He's got big boots on. Everything's too big on him. Yeah. Oh, so bad. And his mom's there. <laughs> Best mother of the year? Is she mother of the year? She basically was like, please take my dying son with yeah. you. I don't want to see him anymore. But uh, she's there's supposed to be a big emotional moment with um, him. And as they're leaving, the mom puts her arms over um, her head, just like Duddits does. Like his, That's his big triumphant Did thing. Did she say his word? Um, I don't know if she does. I think she does. She, I don't think she says, I Duddits. I think she just does. Like, I think she just puts her arms over her head. That's his big move. That's his. That's his. His move of love. His. his well, his. that's his big move until his bigger move. Because he's got a special trick that he can do. Yeah. More than giving powers to people, he's got one little cute trick that he can do. And I mean, we haven't. This we're not doing a great job, but like, I guess the whole point is they figure out that Duddits has been preparing all of the 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 boys, the now men, for this moment of of. Uh, uh, of alien invasion, that he yep. and he is the key, and they know it. They need to get Duddits, and he is the key to. And this is such a bad <laughs> movie. It's like ridiculous. So it's, good. Cat Lawrence Kasdan wrote Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't can't win them all, right? I even, I like Solo that he wrote. Mm-hmm. I like Red Canyon, Big Chill, White Earp. Yeah. Silverado directed, directed Wyatt Earp too Directed a lot of them Silverado's great Great movie What happened? I don't know what happened um, 
What do you think when the aliens start quoting, quoting Robert Frost? Did you think this is going to get this is probably get a? I don't remember that part. He starts quoting the poet Robert Frost. Well, I know you didn't have to tell me he was a poet. I was. He's a poet. Your cat's snoring behind me. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a great scene later with with um. Uh, the uh, Jonesy, the the alien, Mister Gray. He's going to go poison the water supply with aliens. Is that right? a great scene? Excellent. Okay. And he he walks. He's going to do it because he impregnated a dog with the aliens, like as you do. Yeah. Has little worms, and he's going to throw that. They're shit weasels. And uh, he has this infected <laughs> dog puppet, I guess, around his shoulders. Yeah. It's like it's a good scene. It's fun to see Damian Lewis carrying a dead dog on his back. <laughs> I. So what do you think of the end, like with the with the the merging? I done it. Dudley <laughs> shows up, takes on Mister Gray, who immediately impales him with a with a I don't know a part of his body. Yeah, and then Dudley does the old one two and and merges with the alien and fucks the alien's life apart. You thought that that the other aliens were ugly, and then Dudley turns into an alien, and it's fucking nightmare Dud it's an ugly ass alien but he he does the thing when he gets stabbed in the chest like it looks like a fatal blow yeah he does his I Dud it's like he's his moment of triumph thing yeah. on the floor as he's impaled and then he merges with the alien yeah and they fucking murder each other yeah well they merge yeah merger each they other they still die I guess and then uh, Thomas Jane and uh, Jones you're like this is what we expected <laughs> just Thursday it's just another damn Thursday where our 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 handicapped friend became this fucking Stacy Keach looking fucking apparition. Wow, oh, it's so nuts! It's and so, so nuts. the whole time too, as this happening, uh, uh, one of the an egg's egg is laid out of the do- a dog lays the egg. A dead dog rolls out, and this little tiny inchworm shit weasel starts crawling towards the open sewer. Um, great that that Damien Lewis's character pried open. That's the right word to use about this movie. What great? <laughs> I think I think I was rea- rooting for that alien. The reality of it is, is this movie is the right kind of bad. No, it is. There's a there's a there's a there's a just every decision is wrong. Beauty to this movie. Every decision that Lawrence Kasdan makes is wrong. And it, and it's just so fun to watch because you it's not your it's not your fault. <laughs> it's just so good to know that you you're, you had nothing to do with it. Like that, you should just cut out everything else and just put that. <laughs> just cut out everything else we said. Um, that cute little inchworm shit weasel at the end. I I love I love it. I was rooting for it to get into the sewer, brown, brown wall. wall, and I was rooting for it to to infect all of humanity by the end. <laughs> I was rooting against the friends. I wanted uh, Tom Jane to die at the end. I wanted him to merge as well with <laughs> and take Lewis with him. Yeah. Although that's the thing is we didn't, this is might sound weird, but Lewis is a host for this thing. So when the thing emerges with Duddits, it comes out of him. It, he doesn't, it's out of his body. Remember? Like yeah. it, it jumps out of him. So he doesn't, die at the end. In fact, he survives. Thankfully. And the last word of the movie? 
You say it. You're better at it. Isn't it Jonesy? Jonesy, yeah. He has it back because Jonesy steps on the inchworm. And then does it play Blue Bayou again? (sighs) Is there a post-credit sting? Is it? I'm sure it does. (sighs) You were on the set of this movie. How how long were you there? Just a day, two days? Several, a couple of days, a few days. I got to go to the Gosselin's Market set. I got to see their cabin with all the red shit in it. And the barn where they interview, where they're supposed to interview him. And then the, the field where the Morgan Freeman's helicopter lands. Did they look Did they look happy, the people on the set? Did they look like they were thrilled to be there? It was like I fun? mean, this was one of my first... Were you, excited, were you so excited to be on a movie so, set? I mean, it's a Stephen King movie. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. And how was Lawrence Kasdan? Amazing. He he was just so good. Do you have any audio from that? <laughs> he's such a he's. It was so funny because like you know it's it's hard not to let his his resume have a impression on you. Yeah. You know because he was Raiders and all that shit. Big chill. I mean, this guy's a fucking solid dude. Mm-hmm. Jake's dad, you know, nailed that. But. uh in retrospect, I I, I, I want to think that there was a little bit of fear everywhere. Like 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 what have we done? Because they're you're right. You watching the dailies for this, and they're looking at Jason Lee, who is he is the quintessential skateboarder turned actor. Right. He's never been a good actor. Right. I like him. Yeah. In some stuff, but he is not a good actor. And this is there's no tools. He has no crutches in this. He's fucked. Well, yeah. He he can't make that stuff work. He's not good enough. Like, he's fine in some parts of it, but when he has to say words and he has to, like, move, it's yeah, it's done. Long way from Memphis beat. <laughs> um, but, you know, Lewis, who had come off of an incredible performance in Band of Brothers, which he got a lot of praise. This is his first, I think, big-budget film. Um, hasn't made too many after this, has he? Who? Damian Lewis. Well, no, but he's killing it on Billions. He's great. He's a great actor. I think he retreated, I think according to that podcast, retreated back to England after this one. Not fulfilled by this experience. Um, What did Kasdan do? uh, Not too much after this. Like, he certainly got involved. He got lucky because then he got involved with, obviously, Force Awakens. They called him up the big leagues again. Yep. Um, Then he got to write Solo, and they called him back down to the minors. they kicked him back down there. But, you know, his son also is not Jake. There's another son that worked on Solo with him. It's like Andrew or something? Something. Kaz? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sad that you don't love this movie. I, I wish I... I guess... I guess it's a movie I've seen like three times. And I've... I can't believe just how messy it is, like how how not off the market is, but it's ambitious. You will have to you have to say like they, they it's am, it's ambitious in a weird way. Like it they, like I said that scene, the epic scene with the alien battle that yeah, it doesn't necessarily hold up now. But I remember watching it in the theater thinking this just feels like a bigger movie now. Like when they did that, yeah, and, it's um, an it's an, and it's honestly it's an awkward book. Yeah, it was it was when the book because it was the first book post injury if I remember correctly, and I just remember it feeling almost like he was trying to like exercise his yeah. muscles and they just weren't right yet. Yeah, and the movie represents that too. Well, I mean, King does a lot of weaving his own life into his books, right? And so that had the very 
that element that of that the car wreck was in there and that i think it in books after this that was that that kind of stuff figured in afterwards too and the shit weasel um yeah he's always combined his own his own obviously his his own experience you know all authors do that but he he feels like it feels like when you read his books there's it's very autobiographical in a lot of ways even though it's a movie about aliens or like a monster um and yeah. I think what King ultimately decided was, let me just put this in the hands of a master and let them do their thing. Uh, you know, it's, Kazin I mean, killed it. We talked about how King has written a lot of good books, but the movies, the stuff that's been made for him, for from that stuff, hasn't for the most part hasn't been great. Like he has very few great movies adapted from his I work. Disagree. Like let's talk about them. We talked about Stand by Me is great. It is. Shawshank's great. Yes. Green Mile's very good. It's good. It's good. Christine's good. good. Dead I, Zone's good. Yeah. Shining is great, even though it's not his work. Salem's Lot is quite good. Okay, you're right. Yeah. We talked about this before. Creepshow's good. But there's a lot more that aren't. You know, there's a lot. Maybe it's just it. There's like there, are, there are some good instances. But of how it. many authors get every single know, thing I they've know. done? That is, we talked, we talked about how weird that is. Because um, he's a very commercial writer and he writes a lot so there's a lot of opportunity there for people to adapt popular books like that people read um but they haven't a lot of times they haven't been done well i'd say i mean there's so many instances of bad adaptions well the thing is adaptations it's just like anything else you think about who they get to do them if you have real talent but i mean kasdan couldn't do it he couldn't crack a book but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't seem the type anyway to like it, it's William Goldman though. I mean, William Goldman was a fucking gr- fantastic writer, and he helped with this, and he couldn't. They couldn't make it. But these guys it. are square pegs with Stephen King. They don't have any genre kind of. There's yeah. no real evidence. Like William Goldman is, he's the Princess Bride. He's all the you know. He's uh, what's he? What he won his his Oscar for? Uh, Network. I don't remember what he won his Oscar for. It's a big one. Yeah, it wasn't all the presidents. Me, I don't remember what it was. But those guys are are more. Uh, a-list kind of mainstream stuff and Stephen King you need a little stink on it and those guys did not know they did not know how to balance that tone at all yeah and, and they had the best actors in the world they had Mark Wahlberg Donnie Wahlberg and they had Duddits I wonder if we said Mark Wahlberg a lot in this I don't know um <laughs> they had they had Donnie Wahlberg and they had Duddits <laughs> um I have the best actors in the world That was a big that hurt when I when I met him on set, hearing him talk. I was like, "Ooh, ooh, I don't know if I can like this guy anymore." Um, can you imagine him at home rehearsing Indiana Jones's lines? It's not the years; it's the mileage. Hmm. I mean, he wrote mm, snakes. Mm. Why did it have to be snakes? Mm. Mm, Forrestal. He, uh, William Goldman did write the script for Heat. Okay, damn it. I mean, but let's go back to when he was uh, William Goldman. Like, the reason he... The, up the, to the, Princess the Bride. The Burt Reynolds one. <laughs> <laughs> up to up to Princess Bride, 
Butch and Sundance. That's the one. His big one. That's his. That's his big. His big claim to fame. Yeah, he did the early days. Butch he, and Sundance. He did the original too. Yeah, I mean, he was a big. He did that. He did uh, um, the Hot Rock. He did the Great Walter Pepper. He did a bunch of um, Redford movies, I guess. Stepford Wives, which is everybody loves so much. All the Presidents Men, Marathon Man. He he had a good run, great run. Yeah, Misery. So he he adapted King before this. Misery was yeah. That's that's a that's a good one. Hearts in Atlantis. He did that, too. which I like. So he he obviously was a person that had some successful uh, Stephen King adaptations under his belt. So maybe he had tried to adapt this, and then Kasdan came in and said, "I'll, I'll, I'll take over. <laughs> I'll do it." <laughs> yeah, Larry Kasdan it up, and uh, and he just fucked it. He fuckerooed it. Uh, it's it's once again it's 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 an alien reading these words on the page and trying to interpret them without the the heart that that King brings to it. Because you, you feel every death of what those characters, you feel it in the book. Yeah. When Beave or Petey or whoever's cock dies, you feel it. Yeah, sure you do. King's good at You like to stuff. feel their cock when they die. So what... Get so a, let's... little jolt. Let's get to our... Let's get to what we do best Okay, so if you were to... Uh, if Justin, if you were... If you were in the middle of all this shit as it went down in reality... Yeah. Where would you be? What would be happening to you? What would be ha- if all this stuff was happening? Alien invasion? Yeah, like if you were caught in the in the forest during all this shit. I mean, there's no way I wouldn't be one of the people that actually already had it in them. Okay, like, you know what I'm saying? I'd be, and I'd be fart, you know, farting and burping, I guess. Yeah, and probably not thinking that, that much was wrong. Okay, yeah, just Thursday. How do they get in those those shit weasels? They're small. Luck, they get luck. In. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably eat it by mistake. Um, what about you? I'd be in my uh, memory whorehouse, I think. Oh, nice. I'd be in there, you know. Oh, yeah. Rocking it. Mm-hmm. Dying. Yeah. Instantly dead. I'd, I'd, I'd try to outthink the alien and fail miserably. Let's let's be fair. You would be the guy beating up Duddits. <laughs> you would be. You'd be one of the bullies. The, the, the Duddits is in Boston during all this shit. He's in Derry. And? So I can't be in the forest and beating up Duddits. Okay, maybe I could. Yeah, make an make an exception. Time heist, <laughs> the most perfect person I know. <laughs> All right, so if 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 they were open up a dream, and they are, mm-hmm. they're opening up a dream dream catcher. They're doing actually like the Star Wars thing. Yeah, they're doing a dream catcher thing like that too at at uh, in Orlando. Okay, uh, what would be one of the signature things there? Would it either a menu item or a ride? <sighs> and you know that. What about Dreamcatcher Barbecue? You okay. You ever Dreamland Barbecue? Yeah, I have. Dreamcatcher Barbecue. Uh-huh. So especially with this, with the the barbecue, like what they would do, they take like the, the pork or whatever and they shape it like a Dreamcatcher and put it on your bun. <laughs> That's how they do it. Every time they just intricately That's pretty good. put it on your bun as a, and you just eat that. Um, And you have to put a big like huge lobster bib on you like your Duddits or something, yeah. you know, like. Surprised he wasn't walking around with a bib the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Kazan's probably like, do you think they're going to know that he's uh, retarded if we don't <laughs> put him in big boots? How's he talk? He's gay, no, apparently. Big, big, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Zach Elfranak is doing his <laughs> southern accent. 
Big boots. I can't. I, I lost it. I was become, doing it pretty good. It's become Zach Galifianakis' I did it, brother. I, I did it well first. Like yeah. it, I think I did it pretty good. Larry, I have to, let me try to. Larry Kasdian. No. <laughs> that it's. I can't do it now. I thought about it too much. I was perfect before. It sounded like, almost like it could be him. Yeah. It rivaled your impersonation. Of him. Way different. Um, I'm not known for spot on impersonations. You're pretty good. Yeah. Larry. So what about you? I'd do a, I'd have a, a it'd be a, ta- a sweet shop called Dunkin' Duddits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Okay, so then if you're on a, an island. Uh-huh. You had one thing? One thing you could take. Oh, fuck. From this movie. I'd probably take that bitchin' phone. The gun phone? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it? You got no more explanation? I don't, I mean, what What, what do you need? I'd be sitting there. Why would you take it? Because I would off it? myself instantly. <laughs> I'd take um, the diplo- the shot diploma. That's what I'd take with me. Yeah. Thomas Jane's shot diploma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd hang it in my, I'd make a, I'd make a. I love, he did a great job with Carrie. Huh? I loved his Carrie. Diploma, great filmmaker. <laughs> what I would do, I would hang it in my. I would make a uh, wooden office, like a you know from like co- the coconut trees and all that stuff. I would make a therapist's office, hang the diploma up in the in the in there, create a couch out of coconuts, and then create a huge fat man out of coconuts <laughs> that would break that couch. So basically, that's how I'd pass the time. Yeah, in there. it's good. Yeah. yeah. Would we be on the same island? No. Although if we were on the same island, you'd get there and you'd be like, just trying to think about where you're going to settle down, you hear a gunshot. Oh. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Must have been a wrong number. <laughs> would you Would you see a ship in the distance and still do it? Oh, yeah. It? I, I mean, honestly, I, it may be, it may be a, a peninsula and I'll kill myself. <laughs> Maybe attached to Florida and I might still put it yeah. away. Yeah. Well, you would be in Florida. I don't know. There's something. What would Larry Kazan do if he was stuck on an island? What would pro- what prop would he take? You think? Probably bitch about Phil Lord and Chris Miller or whatever their names are. <laughs> it is their names. Yeah. Those bastards took my magical script and shit all over it. Me and my son toiled over it. My son Jonathan. We toiled over it. Went in and did a polish at Rogue One. It reminded me why I love Star Wars. It was such a part of my growing. Got me a shitload of poontang from that. <laughs> Did he? Zero. I'm stuck on this island. <laughs> <laughs> I took some of the red powder with me. Is that good? I think he was on the red powder. Is he? Yeah. There's plenty of red powder in this movie. What what is the Dreamcatcher significance? I remember that there's something bullshit. They don't really go into it. They, it's something to do with they they explain it a little bit in their childhood, but it doesn't yeah. matter. How about the like? Do you remember why they find Duddits? Why they're out there in the first place? <sighs> they're supposed to. They're looking for a nude picture yeah. that's hanging up in the yeah. factory. Do you yeah. notice that, that that picture that they ultimately see is in the memory warehouse? It is. Every time you see the memory warehouse, that picture's in the top. No. Line. Thanks, bank bank. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I did notice that. Yep. This is, that's, a, that's a sweet zoom. A sweet zoom? Yeah, that picture. It's a little, like, right at the end zoom. Are we? Thanks for visiting, guys. Oh, 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 oh,